is episode 107 of the Meme Factory podcast. We are joined this week by Jimmy Song. This week we are sponsored by Coddle.co. Coddle.co offers the best steel backup plates for the price in my opinion. These plates are very compact, made out of 304 steel and come with a punch. These plates are small, robust, and can withstand fire, water, corrosion, and crushing with no data loss. Check them out at Coddle.co. We are sponsored by Simply Bitcoin. This is a Bitcoin-only daily show. Check them out at youtube.com slash simplybitcoin. And finally, we are sponsored by CryptoCloaks. CryptoCloaks strives for quality, pro- quality products and innovative solutions for your Bitcoin signing devices and Bitcoin nodes. Check out the yellow edition MK4 cold card case at CryptoCloaks.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome in. You made it to another episode of the Meme Factory Podcast. This is stream test number 107, and this evening we are joined by none other than Jimmy Song. Jimmy, say hi. Now, for uh, for anybody who doesn't know who Jimmy is, Jimmy, and I find that hard to believe, could you give the elevator speech of who you are in the Bitcoin space? pretty accurate all right so uh jimmy one of the idiosyncrasies of our uh, our stream here is that the uh the people who provide us money for ads require the host to do some of the uh, the ad read copy uh if you could check your inbox we sent you the uh the ad copy and if you can rip right through it that means that we can get paid and we can move on with the show that'd be fantastic Jimmy, Jimmy, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the chat is telling us that they can't hear you. Um, Normally, normally, yeah, we can hear you just fine. Jimmy, let me just double check this here. You did have a good thing going. You did. You did. All right. I am going to change. I'm going to change an input here real quick. We'll give it a few seconds and see if the chat can hear you. Can you hang on just a second? Can't hear Sean either. Mother trucker. All right. All right. All right. All right, so Sean, Jimmy, if you could do some talking, and we'll see if they can hear you. All right, Chad, help us out here. Can you hear Jimmy? Can you hear Sean and RD? (laughs) 
Yeah, but uh... yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's fantastic. Right? Hmm. It is. It's been a great show, guys. Um, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Hang on a sec. All right, I rebooted the audio mixer to see if that was an issue. We've got all the same settings we normally run on the podcast. And... Sean, do some talking. OBS is on. Talk again. Seeing if the audio is going through properly, but because we don't Jimmy, actually know if it will. Because Jimmy right. had such a good ad read going. He did. He did. All right. I did change a setting that shows when Jimmy is talking. It's showing me some levels here. So we'll see if uh, we'll see if we get him going. Yes, is this is why Svetsky can't you. <laughs> All right. You can hear us. There we go. There we go. We're good. We're good to go. Jimmy, go ahead and rip through that ad copy. All right. Welcome in, everybody. My name is Jimmy Song, and this episode of Meme Factory Stream, which is just a test stream, is brought to you by my new Christmas album, Jimmy Song Sing Along. It's that time of year again. It's the time we spend with family around the fire and under the mistletoe calling up beloved relatives, shitcoiners, and fiat maximalists. With the help of my friends at Suscorp LLC, we have made this tradition a little more, shall we say, fun. Now you can sing along to your Christmas favorites while letting everyone know that you were right. This album is jam-packed with hits like It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Shitcoins. Rocking around the Merkle tree. Udi got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is you to sell custody. <laughs> Little drummer Malaka. I don't even know what that one is. All right. Satoshi the snowman. ETF is coming to town. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I got the melody wrong on that one. But uh, Silver Files. And my cursed personal favorite, Feliz Navidad, the uncensored North Korean version. And there you have it, folks. So this holiday season, don't just deck the halls. Deck out your playlist with Jimmy songs. Sing along. Let each song fill your home with laughter while you stuff your face like micro strategy at a Bitcoin buffet. Hey. Well done. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you. All right. Now, um... The one question from our audience was so good this evening, I would be remiss if I didn't let Rope open with that. So it was from, uh, I think, from Cooge, if I'm not mistaken, Rope. Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Testing, testing. Everybody hear me good? Okay, yes. perfect. <laughs> All right, so this is from a close friend of, our, of the stream, Cooge. He says, <clears throat> ask Jimmy Song if when he named his book, programming bitcoin was 
Jimmy Hacks Corn on his potential book title list? Jimmy Hacks Corn on my potential list of possible uh, titles. Uh, I wish I had that idea uh, back when I was thinking about it. Um, uh, but uh, sadly, no. Um, and, you know, I, I needed the word Bitcoin on there so I could get the honey badger animal on the cover, as you may be aware or may not be aware. All O'Reilly books have an animal on the cover. And uh, and I was desperate for the honey badger. And uh, my editor let me know that if I had the word Bitcoin in it, that he may be able to get the honey badger on there. Uh, I had to justify like it, of course. Yeah, can you hear me? Testing. Yeah. Rope. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. What are you doing, Rope? <laughs> like, I think he had the end of my ad read or something. I don't. I don't know what that was. Took his mute button off from the YouTube channel. Mm. Good job, Rope. Yeah, Good I was job. just looking at the chat. Yeah, thanks. Okay, anyways. <laughs> All right, so you got Bitcoin in the title, and they gave you the badger. Yeah, honey badger, and uh, and yeah, that's that's how I got the honey badger on. Here, let me let, let me go get a copy so you guys can see it. Yeah, go for it. Here we go. Here we go. We can talk about him now. Okay, you guys, this hat is just too much. Okay, he's back. Very good professional job today, everyone. Great professional. You know, I could still hear you, right? All right. So there, there, there is uh, the honey badger right there, and uh, and that that uh, that only took um, promising them my firstborn um, and putting the title Bitcoin on it. But yeah, there you go. All right, so can we tell uh, can we tell our fan that uh, Jimmy Cracks Corn is or Jimmy Hacks Corn is on the uh, the table for a future novel? Possibly, I think it could be a very cool uh, sci-fi title. You know, uh, I'm thinking sci-fi book. You know, um, about uh, you know um, you know a corn-based ethanol computer uh, that gets hacked by uh, you know a crowbar. You know, yeah. A new Michael Saylor favorite. Mm -hmm. All right. So speaking of books, you just cranked out a new one. Uh, Fiat ruins everything, which is something I think all Bitcoiners know. But uh, oh yeah, let's get you uh, queued up here on the screen so everybody can see it. Not a honey badger this time, but one of my favorites. Nice little clown nose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, Jimmy, this is something that Bitcoiners understand. I'm hoping you did a good job for uh, for teaching the layman how fiat ruins everything can you give me a, a little idea of what uh what that book might contain to that end well there, there's a lot of things that the book contains and it, it goes uh you know from everything from the individual level to you know global politics and things like that and uh it, it shows how fiat has ruined all of those things um but you know honestly like all of that doesn't matter because the cover is just so good look at Look yeah. at Ben Franklin with the clown outfit, right? Like that's what says clown world better than that. And that that for me is the reason why you should buy the book because of the cover just by itself, because that will communicate more to your relatives just by having the cover there than the actual contents of the book, which I think are kind of secondary at this point. <laughs> how did you, how, so you've written a few books. How do you go through the process of writing a book? that is not an easy task you also you also were one of the authors of thank god for bitcoin uh i think with jed right jed bush and and uh breed love a couple other guys as well how do you go through the process of just 
sitting down and going, okay, I'm going to write this book. Is it all, is it all chat GPT or is it all, is it all, it's actually all you? Uh, that, there, there's a whole process and, you know, I, I mean, I, I could get into it, but, uh, but, you know, the, the writer for the forward of my book is David Farrell and he's been teaching writing online for many years and I took his class and that, that was actually sort of the instigator for writing that book. Um, so if you haven't taken his class, Rite of Passage, W-I-R-I-T-E of Passage, and you can look up David Perel on Twitter, you could go follow him. Uh, but, you know, he he teaches this process of writing, which is basically the this idea of writing from abundance. So you want a lot of ideas there already. And the process of writing is just sort of like combining a lot of the thoughts that you've already had and not like staring at a blank page and trying to come up with something clever to say, which unfortunately is what a lot of people do when they're trying to write. So, um you know, I, I I have a whole process now that I've written five books uh, on like how to how to get things done as far as writing goes, uh, and you know I've uh, I've fortunately uh, had a uh, you know a pretty good audience that's willing to go and spend money on them. So uh, you know I try to try to uh, write for them, and this particular book was actually written for Bitcoin maximalists to, you know, give them an idea of how bad things have gotten and things that they haven't thought that much about how all of those things have been ruined by fiat money. You know, some of the things you talk about uh, fiat money ruining uh, are things that are important to a lot of Bitcoiners, uh, marriage, family, and relationships being three of the main ones. Can you elucidate us a little bit on on how fiat ruins those things yeah there's a there's definitely uh, uh that that's uh, tends to be a pretty popular question because they're like huh, how, how does fiat ruin these things well the the first thing to recognize is that uh is that fiat money uh causes a dependency on the state and not on community so traditionally speaking we were we're social beings we're dependent on community there's something called dunbar's number which is uh, the number of relationships that you can keep in your head before it all sort of sort of breaks down. So it, that number is around 160. At past 160 relationships, it gets very difficult for most people to manage. There are some extraordinary people that can manage more relationships than that, uh, but for most people, that's about the limit. And that that not coincidentally was about the size of a normal village, you know, maybe maybe a few thousand years ago, and so on. Uh, so our our uh, brains are sort of like made for that. And we we lived in communities about that size and we we knew each other and trusted each other. And, you know, we, we had families and relationships and communities. Um, unfortunately, with fiat money, uh, you know, a lot of that dependency has been relegated to the state. So uh, the the. Uh, way that a lot of politicians get votes and power and so on is by promising free things, uh, things that normally a family would give you. So social security, for example, is some sort of monetary security at uh, at the end of your life. Uh, typically, what you would do to get some of that would be having children, right? Like uh, if you had kids, then, uh, you know, at the end of your life, they would take care of you because you took care of them for a while. And, you know, you wouldn't have one or two because if you have a bad relationship with them, then, you know, you're you're not going to be able to reap the rewards of all that you put in. You would have like six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And that would, uh, you know, mitigate the um, 
the risk and you know be take and you would be taken care of in your older age and so on uh but instead uh the government takes care of it so of course people um you know take uh you know take a worse view of marriage and relationships and children they they see it more as like a personal fulfillment uh kind of thing and unfortunately that's permeated all relationships it's it's not about community or self sacrifice or making civilization or community better it's all about you know how happy does this thing make me and uh you know uh people tend to get very shallow if they're at, if that's the only sort of axis by which they're able to evaluate anything instead of thinking about long term effects and communal uh considerations they're just thinking about their own happiness so of course they're like oh you know what um alcohol makes me happy video games makes me make me happy porn makes me happy and they they go and do those things instead of uh you know relationships and uh family and children and things like that so uh it, in many subtle ways uh fiat money has debased a lot of these things and i go through in the book uh you know the advent of no fault divorce and you know that that uh came that started in 1969 with Ronald Reagan uh who legalized no fault divorce in California previous to that you had to give some reason uh to divorce people uh and uh you know like uh, mental like getting beat by your husband or you know mental cruelty or something like that uh but with that it was just you know it doesn't matter we'll 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 let any divorce through and that is part of this ethic of whatever makes me happy i can do and that that's unfortunately become the norm in a fiat society because in a sense fiat money lets you suspend reality in in any normal communal uh, society a divorce is a big deal and people have a lot of incentives to not engage in it because it's you're you're part of a community and and if you know anybody that's divorced you know that it's kind of like a bomb that goes off and affects all of the relationships of the couple that's getting divorced so in a sense it's not something that you do lightly because uh, because of all of these other factors but with the advent of no no fault divorce you know you 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 had this ethic of whatever makes me happy i i can do that that that's what fiat money produces is it's that exact mentality of you know, live for today, whatever makes me happy. It's not about self-sacrifice or doing things for the long term or contributing to the community or, uh, you know, contributing to civilization. It's all about what makes me happy. And that's unfortunately debased our relationships, our families, um, reduced population. But I mean, there, there are many more reasons why people don't have as many kids, uh, you know, like housing and uh, you know, the the costs of everything uh, being two of them. But, uh, but you know, that th these are just some of the things I talk about in the book. Jimmy, what is it about fiat that makes these choices uh, more prevalent or more preferable than the choices that humans were making in the past? Like, what is it about about the fiat is it is it just the fact that it's constantly debased or is it some kind of knock-on secondary effect what did you what are you pinpointing is the reason for fiat having these mm -hmm. effects yeah the the big reason is that fiat money is essentially stealing from the future you're bringing consumption forward all all fiat money at least in the current system is debt right it's all bringing consumption forward it's uh whether it's the federal deficit or state budget deficits or 
you know, companies issuing bonds or you getting a mortgage or using a credit card, it's all debt. And debt is essentially bringing consumption forward. So what fiat money lets you do is paper over problems now in exchange for more problems later. So you bring consumption forward uh, by printing more money, for example, stealing from other people and, and so on. And that that lets you uh, sort of not experience the natural consequences of whatever choices that you might want to make. So, for example, uh, getting divorced was very financially devastating. It, it still kind of is. Uh, but uh, but for a lot of a lot of uh, uh, women in particular back in, uh, you know, back before, I guess, like 1969 or whatever, you know, getting divorced would mean that, okay, well, I, I don't have a job. So now, now I have to go get one and so on. And uh, it, it was, it was financially very difficult. And th those were sort of papered over by, um, by a lot of, a uh, lot of these uh, social programs and so on. So, you know, you, you have safety nets, welfare, um, healthcare insurance and things like that. Uh, that that give you sort of like a safety net that normally a community would provide. But if you're acting badly, a community doesn't tend to support you uh, when you're doing that. But for a government, they they don't really care as long as they get your vote and your support. They'll uh, they'll they'll provide you with whatever and however much they need to steal from the future, they will uh, to uh, to let you indulge in whatever fantasies that you might have. And th this is a constant theme around. Uh, fiat money is that you're able to suspend reality for a while, right? Uh, whether it's at a personal level, at like a company level, at a government level, you're able to go and do things that don't make any uh, any money or like any financial sense and have them work for a while because of, uh, you know, essentially debt that's fueling all of that consumption. So, for example, we have a lot of zombie companies, right? Uh, a, a lot of companies that really don't make that much money uh, or any money at all, or they're losing money. And they're they're able to be subsidized by fiat money through loans and things like that, and bailouts. Um, and they're, they're able to survive uh, without providing a good or service to the market. And uh, essentially, th this, uh, this trickles down all the way down to the individual level where you're able to Make choices that you want to make, even uh, and not suffer necessarily all the consequences that you should with uh, that you would in a free market, and that ultimately results in a lot of bad choices being made, a lot of uh, economically destructive choices that are made uh, that that crumble civilization. You used a term that it took me a while to wrap my head around uh, a few years back. It was uh, pulling consumption forward. Uh, always looking for better explanations on how that works in reality, because it just doesn't make sense, like how you can pull from the future. Uh, could you give us your best explanation of, of what that is and what it is actually doing? Yeah. So when you get into debt, right? So let, let's take something that everyone knows something about, like uh, uh, student loans, right? Like when you go to college, you are consuming college, right? It's a consumer good. You're, you're not providing value to anybody. You are consuming something. Hopefully you're learning something uh, useful, maybe job skills or something like that, but you take out a giant loan to do so. And uh, and when you when you take out that loan uh, and student loans are especially pernicious because they're not 
uh, dischargeable in bankruptcy. Uh, but you you pull uh, you consume for four years and then you have to pay it off later. And uh, this this tends to be a giant um, sort of like albatross around most people's necks. You have to make this payment all the time. And it, it, it instead of paying for it up front, which is what you would do it, with savings, you pay for it by being enslaved later uh, and by paying it off, uh, you know, so, some amount at a time. Credit cards are the same way. You can, I can go buy a really nice car and not, you know, and, and not pay from savings. You can just sort of, uh, you know, pay it over time. Uh, but th this is bringing consumption forward because essentially you're you're wanting to use something now before you have savings, and that this is how savings is how it always used to work you have to save enough money to go get something but with all of these debt facilities you're you're able to consume right now and pay it off later and this is not just happening at the individual level obviously we're doing that with credit cards and student loans and even housing uh but uh but you know it's happening at the company level they're issuing bonds and doing leverage uh leverage takeovers of other companies you're consuming lots of stuff and paying it off later through uh through revenue and profit and things like that um you know and, and certainly at the government level you're using tax revenues of the future uh and you're you're allowing budget deficits to get to get to trillions of dollars and you know paying that off later this is this is how you bring consumption forward it it's really kind of an accounting trick uh especially since all of this debt is money printed out of nothing uh but but that the, this is essentially the thing that we've all gotten addicted to under a fiat economy is uh is this ability to do that it sounds like a scheme devised to just make everything in the world worse which is weird because <laughs> it's it's just money right like it, mm -hmm. it's what we use to exchange and I, I, the question i'm getting after is like can, can money itself be evil right is this yeah. are, are we watching <laughs> evil in the form of dollars is is that what you're yeah. describing yeah uh, the the thing about fiat currency that that's so pernicious uh is that if you if you have hard currency if you have if you have sound money pernicious is when um, it tastes good right uh-huh pernicious is when it tastes good right <laughs> pernicious. Please uh, bake a potato like... as a pernicious, pernicious <laughs> potato. So, uh, so when when you have uh, when you have sound money uh, and you're going for a loan, somebody has to give up consumption now to give you a loan, right? Like, so when if I'm uh, so Bitcoin is sound money. If I lend you one Bitcoin, I need to have that one Bitcoin to lend to you. Right. I am foregoing consumption of that one Bitcoin so that you can use it for some hope of profit later. And that that's that's a method by which, you know, capital um, is supposed to flow in, or flows in a sound money economy is that every time you bring consumption forward, somebody else gives up consumption. Right. So when you're taking out a loan from me, you're bringing consumption forward. Or, you know, you and you're using that consumption to like produce something or make a profit later, hopefully, so that you can pay me back. But somebody else has it's a zero. It has to be that this consumption is zero sum. I give up consumption so that you can consume ahead of time. And then you give up consumption later and give me, uh, you know, return to me the the consumption that I for uh, for when. Um, that's how it's supposed to work. That that's the entire concept of opportunity cost. I have money 
that I could be using, but instead I am lending it out. That's how most people think loans work, but that's not how it works in a fiat economy at all. Loans in a fiat economy is just no opportunity cost at all. So think about a mortgage, right? And, uh, and you know, mortgage rates are higher now, but think about like three years ago, right? Uh, mortgage rates were about 3% for 30 years. Um, if, if it actually worked the way uh, under sound money, somebody would have to forego $500,000 for 30 years at 3% interest for you to get that mortgage. Now, would you ever make that side of the trade, right? Like, would you ever lend to somebody $500,000 at 3% over 30 years? Hell no. There is no investment manager in the world that would do that. Why? Because the term is too long, the amount is too big, and the interest rate is too low. But that happened all day long. So what is going on? Well, all of that money is printed on your behalf. It doesn't come from somebody's opportunity cost. It comes through expansion of the money supply. And that's what all loans are in a fiat monetary system. All loans, all loans, like, uh, I mean... There's there's a few exceptions like Unchained Capital being like one of one of the few where somebody actually is foregoing opportunity uh, to lend you money. But vast, vast majority of loans in a fiat economy come out of thin air. The bank just makes it for you. Um, me, and that that that's that's the that's the perniciousness that I'm talking about. You, yeah, you got me thinking about. So, so for example, you know, my mom, I was talking to her the other day and she was saying how when she went to college, she would work in the summer and then she would work during the school year and that would pay for her college, you know, she, you know, and she was born in the fifties, right? So she was going to college in like the seventies, early eighties. So nowadays, no one, no kid can go to, can go to college and work in the summers and then have like a minimum wage job at McDonald's that's paying for their school. And then if you look back in time too, you go back to our, like our grandparents era, the same thing, you know, like a guy could work in the coal mine. He'd have a wife who stayed at home. They had had like six kids and he'd have the house paid off in seven years, something like that. And so it makes, it just makes me think that because of the expansion of money or the way that loans can be created out of thin air, it's almost as if the cost of things it just it just goes up to the easiness of lending the money. How, whatever, however people will will lend money, that's where the cost will eventually end up at. And then as money becomes easier to lend, then the cost will continue to to match. And that's why we're seeing that it's almost impossible now to operate in a world where you don't have credit because there's been so much credit created that now a kid to go to school and to actually get a good job. Well, how is he ever going to pay for the school? And how would someone ever buy the house in cash if they don't if they don't use a loan, you know? And we've gotten it's almost flipped backwards where you used to be able to work for something and buy it in cash or work for your school at the same time you're going to school. And now all of a sudden, because loans can be created out of thin air, then that price will just find that upper limit of where loans will be created. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and this is the the thing that I think th this is sort of like the dynamic at play here. It, it's that when people save and then they spend, 
or they they know the cost and they're they're kind of paying it off as you go along, like your uh, your mother's story or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to be a lot more discerning about price, right? They they're mm-hmm. they're like, okay, well, this costs this much. Well, I I have this much saved up. Um, I can't afford that, so they don't buy it or they forego consuming more expensive goods and instead they get less expensive goods because it's coming out of their savings. But if it's coming out of debt and mm-hmm. and they have very high time preference anyway, and uh, and all, all these loans are generally given to a lot of very high time preference people, they don't really care about the cost that much because they discount the future so much that they don't care, right? That oh, might as well get like the next level up car because it's not coming from their savings. It's not something that they've worked for because it's it's something that they they can just get right now. And your your desires sort of take over, and the limit of your savings isn't really there anymore because the the amount that you can spend is just based on the amount of debt you can get. And the debt you can get is oftentimes tremendous, especially for something like student loans. So that dynamic that you're describing of people, uh, you know, getting lo- uh, like, you know, borrowing as much as they want, right? Um, that that causes the price to go up because people are willing to pay more because they haven't worked for it, right? They they haven't saved up for it. They they haven't put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. So of course they're going to be just like, oh, you know what? I'll I'll just get the best uh, thing that I can get, and that's exactly what ends up happening: is that they consume way more than they should, or they that they can afford because they're discounting the future. Yeah, or, or that, even just saying, or even just saying, hey, once I graduate from this school, or once mm-hmm. I graduate from this program, how many years? No one looks. How many years is it going to take me to pay back? this loan when I get my job if I'm getting I know what I'm going to get paid about for the next five to ten years after I get the job how long will it take me to actually pay back that loan and most people aren't doing that type of math when they're when they're pulling out a big student loan yeah and and uh in in a ways they probably don't need to right because look look what's happened they just forgave a bunch of loans guess what you're doing to this next generation they're all going to take out even more loans because at some point, they're going to get a bailout and they're going to be like, well, you gave my parents a bailout. Why aren't you giving me a bailout? This yeah. is this is the this is exactly what happened with the Wall Street bailouts is, you know, you 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 give bailouts to companies and then they 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 have riskier and riskier behavior that you're incentivizing. And the, I mean, this is what what's happening at every level is. People have more appetite for risk as they get bailed out through essentially dilution. And what you said before about like that coal miner, right? The, you know, two generations mm-hmm. ago that yeah. was able to be the sole breadwinner and have a house that uh, fits six kids or whatever. Like that, that's the reality today is that all of this money printing, all of this, uh, you know, uh, loans and, uh, and and things like that 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 are expanding the money supply. It's essentially made all of us extremely poor, <laughs> yeah. and we just don't <laughs> yeah. recognize it yeah. as poorness. Because yeah. oh my gosh, I have an iPhone, and you know this is a technological marvel. Yes, it is, but you've actually gotten much poorer, right? Almost every family everywhere in the world now has both parents working. Why? Yeah. Because you can't afford a single. Uh, you know, breadwinner household, uh, like they they sell it as women's liberation or whatever, but it's really just women's slavery. 
you've now instead of working for the family they're now working for some corporation it, it, like everyone has gotten poorer like think about housing too right Every, no, nobody can afford a house if you're like 25 two generations ago you could afford a house now you have to you know like uh the it's a uh, it's like eight times uh your annual income or something like that back then it was like one times your annual income like that that <laughs> That that's uh, you're you're just getting poorer because of all of the monetary expansion that's happening. Well, let's pull let's pull that forward. So think about Bitcoin. Okay, if we were on a Bitcoin standard, because this is what most people say is how will loans work out when you have a hard money standard like Bitcoin? When the price of Bitcoin is going like the price of Bitcoin goes up every single year, you know, on average, right? And so what most people say, well, what how will loans work? But the more that I think about it, the more that I think that that the cost of all the things that we use in in proportion to our wages will actually go down and we might not have to use as many loans, you know, or the loans might be a lot shorter term, a short term loan that's not drawn out for so many years. And then you can't pay, pay it back because the price of Bitcoin's outpaced how much money you could ever possibly earn. I don't, I don't yeah, know what I, are your thoughts on how loans will work in the future or if, the, if they go away completely or. Well, so we're, we're, first of all, like we're a society addicted to loans, right? Like uh, yeah. everything works on, literally everything works on yeah. loans. Uh, yes. And, and that, that is, uh, has become sort of like normal for everybody. That wasn't the case under sound money. It, it, it It's only become normalized because we've been under a fiat money standard for over a hundred years now. But, you know, in ancient times and you know even even a few hundred years ago people saved and then bought that was completely normal you know and uh, if you did get loans it was from your friends and family and it was based on a relationship and not based on you know some exorbitant interest rate from like a loan shark or something like that 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 was what loans were and you know i'm people still do that today i'm i'm sure many people watching the show got a loan from their mom or dad or their, or, or generous relative to like put a down payment on a house or something like that. that 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 sort of stuff is normal but uh but you know to to say that you need institutionalized loans for an economy to run is completely false people have been running off of savings for a very long time and that that that's a normal way of doing things and if you're bringing you have to bring consumption forward in order to do anything just tells you that you're you know something is wrong with your business and we've sort of normalized this um this sort of like ideal startup that's like losing money every year for like yeah. 20 years before before making money or whatever that is not the norm that that is uh it's basically that is a, a zombie turning into a human or something like it, it's it's completely uh crazy that that's become a normal thing uh what it should be is people saving and then using those savings and uh you need to provide value first and then you get to consume value not you get to consume value first and yeah i'll provide value later and then you you know you you end up with a lot of societal leeches which you know who don't do anything and the, and then next thing you know you have like civilization collapse you need people that are providing value uh as sort of like an initial thing and i think people want to do that it's just uh the the system is set up so that you're you're uh, consuming first and enslaved later. Well, that's what it seems like money. And I know I've been talking a lot, guys. So sorry, mm -hmm. but it's just been it's been fun. Um, it, that's what it seems that money has been the, like the reason for money is to 
it's it shouldn't be backed by anything else besides your work, right? Mm-hmm. The work that you do, that's what your money should be backed by. All the work that you've done that you provided as value to the world should be you can save that in your money. You know, you in the old days in the, you know stone ages, if you go out and you fish a bunch of fish and there's no one to save them with and you can't freeze them, well then you lose that work that you did. You know, it's gone. But then in the once money came around, now you can sell those fish, which is the work that you've done, and that backs the money that you have. It's so you're not pulling it wasn't meant to pull it forward. It was to be a store of value and to be able to exchange that work that you've done in the past. And it seems like that's the whole reason why money was invented in the first place was to be able to just back the work that you're doing. And and then now it's it's flipped and every everyone wants to just money. No one really understands what the purpose of money is or what money really even is at all. Yeah, I mean, money has become sort of like this manipulated thing but you're right like what it used to be was an account uh, an accounting of how much value you've provided to the community that you're in um now it's become uh sort of like you know dictated by some central party and this is why we call it fiat it's uh, it's let there be that that means somebody is saying let there be money and they're saying okay well we're going to arbitrarily say that these people provided value when they didn't and th- this is what rent seeking is. This is what like the entire banking system is. It's, it's people asserting that they provided value without actually having provided value. And we get a lot of that in an economy with fiat money. Uh, and I call them in the book rent seekers. We, we get a lot of rent seeking, a lot of people that don't provide value, but collect checks anyway. And th- those are the people that are ruining society. And unfortunately, the best and the brightest people in the world are becoming the biggest rent seekers. They are subtracting from society rather than adding to society. Like a hundred years ago, uh, you know, you had the Nikola Teslas and uh, Thomas Edison's of the world. That's what people, uh, you know, aspire to be like great inventors, people that made things. Uh, what do people want to be now? They they want to be Henry Kissinger or, or or Charlie Munger, right? Like two two guys that died recently. They 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 want to they want to manage money or get into power right like that that that's their aspiration. Neither of those guys contributed anything. Uh, they didn't invent anything. They move money around. They play geopolitics right. Like to me, the, these are the ultimate rent seekers, and these are you know in a sense like the the best that we produce is like. Like that, this is what people aspire to be rather than like the Edison's and the, and the Tesla's of the world that invented a whole bunch of stuff, provided a tremendous amount of value to society. Like those are the people uh, like in a sound money economy that get really rich because they've clearly provided value. Uh, But, you know, it didn't work out so good for Tesla. Yeah, in a fiat money economy, you get, you know, Nancy Pelosi and, uh, you know, Hunter Biden making many millions of dollars because they're just in the right position, despite like having provided nothing of value. In fact, detracting a ton of value from society. All right. So I think it's uh, about time in the uh, the show to give out scores for the evening. And Rusty has been generous and volunteered for this task. So, Rusty, when you get a moment, go ahead and... Uh... Given everybody's scores so far. Yeah, good day. Uh, I had an incident at home, clean up some, you know, poo from children. You know, I've missed, I've missed my. I'm back. I'm back. 
give scores, but I've been listening. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, um, your I'm going to start with your score because you're in the top right hand corner of my screen. Um, and uh, and your score uh, has just been all. You cut out at exactly the right time. Oh, exactly. What's Jimmy's score? Uh, using a uh, red cowboy. I heard red oh. cowboy. I don't know. <laughs> this is not my fault this time. Yeah. You sure? Yeah, I think the rest has <laughs> got some bad signal there. Check your it's Wi-Fi funny, it, uh, signal yeah, there. The one time we yeah, don't I'm, bust Rusty's balls up. about having a bad mic, he actually has a bad <laughs> mic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's not possible. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, yeah, red cowboy hat to finish off what I was going to say. A red cowboy hat. I'm just throwing it out that, there. That's my score. score. A red cowboy hat? That's my nice. score. No questions. No questions. Um, <laughs> uh, Gr- yeah. uh, Greg, new set of headphones. Uh, is your score. Yellow has done a tremendous job today. I've, it's been nonstop yellow all episode, like me. Um, so, uh, so you get a you get a cigar. Um, and uh, Sean, Sean, uh, your score is um, say hi to your mum for me. You mentioned her earlier. Hope she's doing well. I'll, I'll tell her the rest of time. Thanks, man. Uh, rope, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal job interjecting now and then. Uh, your score is uh, a rainbow, a rainbow with uh, with a with a bucket of Bitcoin at the end of it. Um, Irish yeah. joke. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Nice, nice. RD, uh, well played, sir. Um, your score is a mustache, a real one. Yeah, <laughs> thank that's you. That's it. No worries. Amazing work. Amazing work. Yeah, thank you. I'm so confused. Okay, it's all right. It's just. <laughs> Perfect. You got the best score of the bunch, I think, Jimmy. It's not a number, but okay, sure. <laughs> I... <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move over to RD and get his question knocked out here before we. Uh... Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, we got a question from Rusty. We're gonna have to go. Go ahead, Rusty. Yeah, hey, I did want to ask a question uh, during all the serious talk, but um, you were talking about Dunbar number earlier, and I just mm-hmm. wanted to know, is uh, is Greg one of your 160 relationships, and who did he bump out in order to get his position? <laughs> um yeah, he he. I I, I get. I guess he's he's in there now. I I think the person that got bumped out was Tone Vase. Yeah, that's a good trade. No, well, I mean, I, I think he'll. I, I mean, like it's a, it's a very fluid list. It's next next week he's probably gonna bump you back out. But you know, I'm well, just saying. Now that, well, now now that now that you've remembered Tone Vase, though, have you bumped out Greg again, or like how does this? <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there's only so much room. I I don't have I, I don't have the brain capacity to think about meta think about the actual Dunbar uh, um, relationships I have. You good? That's that, it. No, that's, that's it. That's it. Thanks, Greg. All right, fantastic. Thanks for waiting. Fantastic job. All right, so uh, moving on to RD. He's got the uh, the most famous question of the evening. So RD, when you get a moment, light him up. Isn't it a bit early for my question? You know, it, it is. It is a little earlier than we normally do your question, but uh, it looks like Rusty's got a question here, so you're gonna have to wait anyway. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought if RD's not ready because he's still preparing his notes. Can anyone hear Rusty right now? Can anyone hear? Oh my gosh, we're going with that one. All right, cool, cool. No worries. It's been all night. He's been in and out. Rope, can you hear Rusty? Jimmy's probably the only one. Who's Rusty? Never mind. Can anyone hear Rusty at all? I can you hear, can hear me, right, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah there yeah, we can. go. Good job. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy. Um, okay, on, I got a question. You, you, you were the only one that got an invite to that uh, mining that mining party uh, with the with the Jack Dorsey thing. Um, what did you What did you think of the announcement? And um, uh, you, you know, have you got some skepticisms? Are you like just uh, yeah, all all good? They're one hundred percent good. What's your What are your thoughts on that whole situation? Well, I mean, I. I usually take a wait and see approach to anything new it's uh and this one is no exception but i mean you know uh luke has been uh you know an advocate of bitcoin for a while and he did used to run the elegious pool for a while and this is sort of a continuation um so you know they're they're committed to uh implementing stratum 2 as soon as possible um doing lightning payments stuff like that uh, I I can see this thing becoming uh, way more popular as a lot of uh, hash rate has moved to America already. Uh, so I think uh, the last stats I saw were like forty percent. So from a business perspective, it makes total sense, right? Like you you have a lot more miners in the United States. You probably should have more America based uh, you know pools that sort of like uh, correspond to that. Now, are, are they a positive for Bitcoin? I think all competition is good. Um, are they, uh, you know, is it like, what are their policies going to be? How are they going to execute? Things like that. Those all remain to be seen. Um, I, I asked certain questions about, you know, how's the payout going to be? And how, you know, um, generally as a pool, you need about 1% uh, of the global hash rate power to for it to make start making sense. Uh, they're not there yet, uh, but I think they'll get there fairly shortly. Uh, but, you know, th- this is part, uh, I think, of a much larger play. So, um, you know, uh, Jack Dorsey's spiral, that 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 whole group has been working on an ASIC uh, that's going to be open source and, uh, you know, able to be uh, bought by at a consumer level and integrated into all kinds of chip, uh, you know, circuit boards and stuff like that. And they're optimizing for reliability to make it more consumer friendly. So, um you know, this is just part one of a larger mining ecosystem overhaul that they're attempting. It's a, you know, it's a it's a heavy lift, uh, and it's it's not going to be a short term thing. This is going to be a multi year kind of project, uh, and you know, uh, a lot of mining uh, companies are known to go bankrupt during like bear markets and stuff, and there's like usually some level of, uh, you know, malinvestment during bull cycles and stuff. So, you know, again, it's a, it's a wait and see approach. I, I, you know, I'm cheering for them certainly, uh, but you know, I, I'm not going to say that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread or anything. They may well end up being that, uh, but you know, it's, it's a wait and see approach for me. Uh, I, I got a question if nobody, okay, great. Uh, I'm just going to, so I'm kind of like obsessed with the like logos as it is. I don't know if you've, anyways, it's not important. So the logo I've noticed it's, it's, 
it leaves a little bit to desire, but it also makes me, I don't know, kind of hungry. It's just the way that it's shaped and the circular with the spiral and the thing. Is there anything going on with that logo that we should know about or, you know, anything? Is it is it because it looks like a whole heap of tomahawk steaks? Is that where you is that where you get that's well, I mean, I guess it's all depends on your perspective. I was thinking more of like you know, like it's kind of like an eye, but not the eye that you see out of, but it also expands. It's I'm trying to be family friendly here. Kind of like the Cardano. Ah, you're talking about you're talking about an chocolate starfish. Thank you, Rusty, being on the nose there. Yeah. Okay. All right, right. So, okay. so I here here's my interpretation. Uh, so, first of all, the 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 name Ocean is quite clever, um, and I, I don't know if you caught this on the live stream, but th this was something that I thought they failed in communicating properly. Uh, you need permission to join a pool. You don't need a permission to join an ocean, right? To go jump in an ocean, you can do that anytime you want. That's sort of the idea behind the name. So, I like the name. Because it's a difference between jumping in a pool. You need you need permission by whoever owns the pool, but nobody owns the ocean. You can just go in and jump into it whenever you want. All right. As far as the logo, to me, it looks like a bunch of mining picks, right? And this is like the idea mm. is a mining pool. You have six of these like sort of mining picks, and uh, and that that represents the pool, and then. And then you have something kind of like a snowflake-ish, like blue thing, you know, uh, sort of giving you the impression of water. Um, and I think I think that's that's what they were going for. Uh, I'm not a brand expert or a marketing expert, but you know, I mean, like I I thought the name was clever and it's easy to pronounce, not like Eligius. Um, you know, the from what I heard, uh, Jack Dorsey said, you know the. Uh, you know, the companies that I make are very simple to pronounce and easy to understand, right? Block, square, spiral, something like that. He said, you, you can't do Eligius because like there are seven different pronunciations of it. And like no one knows what it is that you know, St. Eligius is the patron saint of mining, which is why Luke chose that as a faithful Catholic uh, when he started that. Uh, but, you know, ocean is a lot easier to pronounce. It's a lot more conceptually easy to understand. Um, and, you know, that that that's that's the direction that they've gone in with that. You think, Can I just you push think back ocean? on something? Oh, go ahead. I, how are you going to say you're not a, a brand expert? Bro, so okay, you bro. have basically trademarked that cowboy hat. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's iconic at this point. It is, but it was a complete accident. It wasn't something that was like, oh, you know what? Is it just glued? I am going it's to just glued to your head. You can't take it off, can you? It's, it's stuck <laughs> on there, right? I just tried it and it worked. And, you know, like sometimes you just need a little luck. And I had a tremendous amount of luck with this hat. And, you know, it's brought me a lot of good opportunities. So what can I say? So, so was ocean mining responsible for the pool FUD that was going on? I don't know. Oh, just, uh, I don't. Just ruined my question. He's ruined my question, Sean. Far out. <laughs> oh, I thought your hand was just up for no reason. Still, it happens. No, this is a, this is a freshly raised rusty hand. Why don't you go yeah, ahead yeah, and no, ask it's the a, question? It's a, good, qu it's a good question that Sean Sean brought up. Um, have you have you mined in the past, and how many how many backyard pools of water have you destroyed? <laughs> <laughs> I have mined. It's in not the more past. than Greg. 
Uh, I, I, I mined back in uh, 2015, and this was, uh, and this was, uh, it might have been 2014. Yeah, so I, I got one of the Ampminer S1s. This was their first manufactured product, and I only bought it because they literally had them at the conference I went to. Um, and this was back in the days when you had to wait six months for delivery from any ASIC manufacturer. I was like, oh, I want to try this. So I, I bought a couple. I think I made my money back and then I sold them on eBay. So I made a little bit of a profit. Um, and the only reason I got rid of them was because my wife said it was too loud. Um, so it's a, you know, that, that was back in 2014. Um, I mined about one, 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 one and a half Bitcoin, something like that. So I guess that's, uh, depending on how many transactions that was, that would be, um, maybe the size of, uh, one of the great lakes, you know, in terms of water consumption. Yeah. Impressive. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Can I throw it to Artie yet? Or is, uh, is Rusty going to complain? Here? No, one more question. Jimmy, do you know how to ride horses? Yes. Okay. All right. I was just, I was just checking. I was... But, but I, I am all hat, no cattle though. I'm, I mean, I'm not a very no good cattle. horseman. So yeah. Yeah. We'll see it. We'll see. I, in I have no further questions. We'll no see you in Las Vegas questions. the week after unconfiscatable for the roping event that they're doing down there. Okay. I won't nope. be there. <laughs> uh, all right. Go ahead, Artie. All right, Artie. Check those notes. Yeah, I got my notes. Okay, Jimmy. If the mean factory did exist, and we all know it doesn't, which one of us would you like? Which one of us would you retweet? Which one of us would you mute? And which one of us would you zap? Okay, you're you're like mixing a lot of these uh you know social uh media platforms, right? You can only zap on Noster and retweeting is not really a thing anymore it's reposting on x and it's not really liking on noster anymore it's like uh you know you you get whatever emoji you want um so it's a little bit of a confusing question but i'll <laughs> greg uh but um i mean like my, this is my... a test stream we'll work it out Okay. <laughs> Demonetized. <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, I am definitely retweeting Yellow because I think um, he looks hilarious. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think I'll mute Rusty because uh, his mic is so bad. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm going to abuse that uh, that notation. Um, I will uh, block rope. Whoa. I will what? block rope because, <laughs> because of your because of your uh, like uh, your your profile pic. I I I'm a Christian. Oh. I don't I don't I don't want middle fingers showing. You know I don't need to oh, see that. Come on, man. Is that oh, sniffing his fingers? Yeah. yeah uh, thank yeah. you, Yellow. I'm sniffing my. Wait, 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 uh, wait. All right, and I'll I'll uh, I'll like Sean's, and I will uh, comment on Greg. There you go. Mm, thorough. So you're not gonna follow me? Is what you you're not gonna follow me on Twitter? Is that what you're saying? 
Well, I, I only follow 50 people. So, you know, I, and I use it to compile my newsletter. So that if you're not like posting Bitcoin, just say uh, no. You're not going to follow him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just say no. <laughs> no. How's that? Thank you. <laughs> the most direct answer you've given all night. I would say, Jimmy, Jimmy, I would say you should have blocked him for the hat comment he made earlier in the show. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going for there. That was actually Yellow yeah. who said that. No. All right, and Jimmy, if you would be so kind no. to tell our uh, our viewers and listeners where they can find you on the interwebs, uh, what projects you might be working on currently that uh, you think they might find interesting. Yeah, so I have uh, I have my new book out, Fiat Ruins Everything. You could go to fiatruinsEverything.com. Um, I am only shipping to the U.S. Uh, at the moment if you want a signed copy. But you can go get a copy on Amazon, on uh, Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, and I think you can buy the audio version on Audible and so on. Um, you can find me at Jimmy Song on X. Uh, uh, I, I also have a Noster account. Good luck finding it. Um, there's also, you know, I'm I'm on a bunch of different platforms as well. But you can you can find me on X and then like go from there. Uh, my newsletter is JimmySong.substack.com. Please subscribe if you're interested. Um, I am planning to teach a Taproot. Um, uh, Schnorr music and frost class uh, in about a month and i'm doing a programming blockchain seminar in dubai in february so if you're interested go to programmingblockchain.com all right and then uh last portion of the evening we're going to send it on over to sean to talk about something fairly important to us jimmy do you know what happens at block height eight hundred and forty thousand? Yeah, the um the bit shift operator uh goes one more to the right uh for Ooh. the for for the block reward. The bit shift operator. Here we go. The having the having correct is what happens. And we the mean factory are throwing the having party in El Salvador uh April 3rd through the 5th. Uh, just an hour away from El Zante from Bitcoin Beach. Uh, we got a lot of good people coming down, a lot of Bitcoiners. Uh, we're inviting you to come on down to El Salvador. Uh, I think you've been down there already, haven't you? I've been down there four times in the last two years. And uh, so make it number five in April. Come to the Bitcoin having party and um and we can and we can have a blast down there with uh, with all the bitcoiners and celebrate bitcoin in bitcoin country for the having because that's where we deserve to be that's where bitcoin deserves to be okay uh you're having it april 3rd to the 5th you said <laughs> yes we are yes we okay. are okay the current estimate for the having is right around april 23rd or so so you're going to be about 20 days we're optimistic early. jimmy yeah we're optimistic we're jimmy optimistic. yeah did, 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 okay. you were not you were just at the ocean mining there's a lot of hash rate that's coming on online okay right? you you would need about 8 minutes and 50 <laughs> second blocks from here <laughs> to the end what are you are you on time are you on timechaincalendar.com right now I'm, I'm on Clark Moody dashboard, uh, Clark, so that yeah. he he tends to have pretty Moody good stats block, on please. that. But yeah. uh, he says uh, about eight minutes, eight probably eight eight forty ish uh, yeah. to get to about April fifth. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's uh, that's doable. Yeah, that's gonna be rough. Doable, totally that's doable. <laughs> Russ, did you have a, did you have another question for us? Yeah, actually, well, we have got something te- somewhat technical on the show. Uh, this has been a controversial question because we don't know whether the block halving happens at eight hundred and forty thousand or eight hundred and forty thousand and one. Hmm. Um, I hmm. believe the uh, so block zero is the genesis block, so I think it's 800,000, 840,000. So, um, yeah, so it's it's zero based, not one based. Hmm. Okay, yeah, so we had someone that acted like they were smart, but they were wrong before. I can't remember who it was. Well, I, I don't don't quote me on this, that's that's my guess, just because that's I, oh, we, I know that block zero we don't is have to the block genesis zero. Block. It, it's recorded, yeah. So. You know, we can come back to it anytime. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, you've All been right. uh, very generous with your time with us this evening. Just want to say thank you for coming out tonight and uh, spending a little time with us. And thanks to all our listeners for coming out this evening. All right. Thank you. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, thanks everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.